He doesn't smile and say cheese. He doesn't. <laughs> he can talk. He can talk. You wanna go in the crib? Do you wanna go in Hello and welcome to a new episode of Hot Marriage Cool Parents. This is Doug Hainer, not joined by my wife Jamie, but she is actually going to be pioneering the interview today. So we have a fantastic guest, Crystal Fairbanks, who is a mama to five kiddos and not just like planning out five kids. Crystal has a six-year-old and a three-year-old daughter and then spontaneously Spontaneously, the next pregnancy, she has triplets, which I cannot imagine. Right now, Jamie and I have our hands full with two, trying to manage staying at home and working at home, trying to feed a newborn and make sure he's healthy, trying to feed your toddler's mind and making sure she's entertained and learning and all the while not getting any sleep, changing a lot of diapers and a lot of restless nights. And I have zero legs to stand on right now because I can't imagine what it's like to have triplets. I, I can't imagine what it's like to have five kids at once. And it is a really, really inspiring story from Crystal Fairbanks, who is a blogger. And she blogs about her entire journey, but not only having triplets, which is a high risk scenario regardless, but just having to plan for baby number three, and then all of a sudden you're planning for baby number three, four, and five. I don't know how she does it. On top of the high risk, she also suffered through postpartum depression and something that a lot of women go through, something that affects a lot of families. It sucks. It sucks going through it. You know, as a husband, I don't know what it's like the feeling wise, but I know what it's like to have to pick up the slack whenever there's episodes, you know, waking up early, getting the kids dressed or taking them to school, making a tea, making food, you know, when it's something that for us has really made us stronger. I think it's made us feel more as a team going through it. I'm really looking forward to the, you know, when Jamie starts to feel a lot better. And I think having guests on like Crystal to talk through the postpartum depression, one, she doesn't feel alone. She has someone to speak with that's going through the same stuff. And we try to bring on a lot of guests that have that situation because there's a lot of people out there that are going through a lot of these things. Postpartum depression is something that is very real, that happens, that can come on at any time. And knowing how to recognize it, knowing the steps to take, but just knowing that you're not alone in going through it and it's okay. It's okay and it'll be okay and you'll get through it. But, you know, there's a lot of education that has to happen with families and with husbands especially because we don't know what's going on. As a guy, it just looks like your wife wants to stay in bed or just isn't happy when inside it's she's going through something that's very real and not in her control and I think it's very important to speak more to this, speak more openly about this because it really does help other women and helps other families. So very inspiring interview that Jamie and Crystal went through. But before we get to the interview, you know that we love giving shout outs to our five-star reviewers, uh, which we love reading your feedback, whether it's on our social media pages or on iTunes. So 
This five-star review comes from Julia R523, who writes, love this podcast for keeping it real. I had literally never heard of you two or Married at First Sight until quarantine, but now I think I can proudly call myself a super Fran. I binged your season and all of your spinoffs before discovering this podcast, and now I look forward to a new episode every week. Listening to you both talk about the ups and downs of life with such candor and authenticity is refreshing and relatable and has been a bright spot on tough days. Doug, your comments regularly make me laugh out loud. And Jamie, I love how open, grateful, and down to earth you are. Thank you for opening up your lives to us in such a raw and vulnerable way and using your platform for good. I can't wait to keep following you guys on your journey and wish nothing but the best for your adorable family. Thank you so much, Julia, and for the future, for anybody that wants to get their five-star review read, Having me in there and writing something positive about me is one great way to guarantee a mention or a read. I'm just kidding. I know that Jamie would say Douglas, because uh, that's what she usually says when I say something that's uh, stupid. But anyway, we have a fantastic guest, Crystal, who we're going to bring on in just a second. But for anyone that is into holiday movies or the It's a Wonderful Lifetime specials that's on Lifetime TV. Jamie and I have our very first cameo, which is in a movie that's going to be appearing on Lifetime on November 27th at 8 p.m. The title of the movie is actually called Dear Christmas with Melissa Joan Hart and Jason Priestley. And Jamie and I were very, very lucky to be asked to have cameos in the actual movie itself, So, uh, which was pretty neat. So we will, as soon as that comes on, Towards the end of this month, we'll share some behind the scenes stuff because we were actually able to just film it within our house. And I set up our fireplace and I set up everything with Christmas decorations and we had a script to read off of and we filmed ourselves. But it would have been a lot cooler if we were able to actually film with Melissa Joan Hart and Jason Priestley. But I'm very, very excited for it to come on. And for anybody that really enjoys the holiday season, It's a Wonderful Lifetime is something that Lifetime TV does every year. They have 30 days of just straight Christmas movies. that So their lineup is fantastic. And more importantly, though, Jamie and I are having our movie premiere um, November 27th. So I think it counts as a movie premiere. Um, I might be talking it up a bit too much, but it is kind of cool to think that we were in a movie and we had lines to read. So I'm really, really curious to see how our acting skills are because everybody that has watched Married at First Sight, 96% of it is true, raw, authentic, all cast dialogue. We'll have certain things to say sometimes, or they'll help us reword things. But the majority of Married at First Sight is is completely just really authentic. And I know Jamie and I have a couple very, very exciting Married at First Sight guests coming up uh, on the podcast. So definitely stay tuned for that. Um, we also have a brand new couple that's going to be coming on from former seasons, maybe a former expert, but we'll see. Hopefully that if you guys really like the Married at First Sight cast lineup, let us know. Um, we read all of your comments. Let us know who you want on. Let us know if there's any special guests or important topics that we can touch on because we love, love, love 
connecting with you guys, whether it is through social media or through the reviews on the podcast. We love to hear from you. And I hope everybody is being safe out there. Now that we have the election over, I think it's time that we start to move forward into the new year and have a great holiday season. And let's wear a mask and let's get rid of this whole COVID thing. We want you to be safe. Uh, We want you to, yeah, we just want you to be safe. That's all. That's all I want to say. So that's enough of speaking. Again, coming on right now is Crystal Fairbanks. And I really, really congratulate Jamie and Crystal for having a phenomenal conversation. So you'll find out for yourselves, but I think we should bring on Crystal and Jamie. All right, guys. So today we have Crystal Fairbanks on. She's a busy mama to five kiddos. She's a wife and blogger. And today she's our guest. Crystal has six and three-year-old daughters. Then get this, spontaneous triplets. She lives in Utah and is all about going on adventures as a family of seven. The triplet pregnancy was very high risk and she is here to tell us today about it. She's hoping to spread awareness and help other mamas in similar situations to not feel alone through it all. Welcome to Hot Marriage Cool Parents, Crystal. Hi, thank you so much for having us on. I'm such a big fan of you guys' and I just really appreciate this opportunity to get to chat with you guys. Oh my goodness, we're so happy you took the time out because you have a lot of kiddos and we only have two and we know how hard two are, so like I can't imagine <laughs> having five. And I can't, I can't imagine what it's like to have to go to the movies with all those kids. Dog oh, I haven't eating. even got my mind to think that way yet. We'll see if we ever get there. <laughs> Yeah, I don't blame. We actually, Doug's taken Gracie to the movies without me. I was at work in LA shooting Married at First Light Unfiltered, and he thought that was a great time to take our daughter to her first movie experience. She and, loved it. And I pretty much cried because <laughs> I, I wanted to be there too. But um, no, she did. She loved it. And now, like, movies are a rarity, anyways. Like, I don't think movies are even open right now, right? With COVID. I don't think so. I sure Some haven't are. taken, you've taken the older two, but I haven't taken the triplets, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, You initially thought that you were having one baby and then it was twins and then triplets, right? I want her to tell the whole story because it's so interesting. You just gave a spoiler. Spoiler alert. That's okay. A little spoiler, but that's okay. I'll give you want me to go ahead and share that right now? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like I would love to hear how this all came about that you found out you were having triplets and like, yeah, all of it. All right. So at the time we had a two-year-old and a five-year-old little girls. And we thought, you know what, we've got this, we can handle another baby. Let's do this. So we go in, you know, expecting to have one baby and we get pregnant. We're so excited, overjoyed. And then we go to our doctor's appointment and I actually didn't even think as much about it as I should have. So I just went in by myself. Evan wasn't even there with me. I went in and my doctor's like, okay, let's go do an ultrasound. And I just didn't really think that he was going to do an ultrasound because my previous doctors never did one that early. So I was like, okay, yeah, let's go do an ultrasound. And at that point I was kind of feeling bad. Evan wasn't there, but I thought, well, you know, I'm not going to turn this down. So yeah. me and my doctor, <laughs> yeah, so me and my doctor go in and he's ultrasounding and he's like, oh, look, there's the baby. And I was like, oh, yay. And he looks at me with like the most shocked eyes. And I at first was nervous that he was going to tell me that I was miscarrying or something because he looks so concerned yeah and he's like do you see what that is and I was like no he's like you have two babies in there there are twin babies you're having twins and it was like 
the most shocked I've ever been in my life. I was over the moon, excited, happy. I was laughing. Me and my doctor just like gut laughing in the ultrasound room just because, you know, like most exciting moments are anticipated. Right. This one was something I never had even like on my radar. So when he said that I was having twins, I was just so excited. I could not believe it. (laughs) So then I decided I was going home and I couldn't even wait to get home. Like I lived five minutes away from my doctor's office, but I couldn't wait that long to tell Evan. I was so excited. So I get in the car and I say, Evan, guess what? And he's like, what? And I'm like, we're having twins. And he's like, no, we're not. <laughs> he literally did not believe me, like back and forth. I'm like, no, I promise we are. He's like, okay, that's funny. Like, come home now and let's <laughs> chat. <laughs> he didn't believe it at all either. And so I finally like, no, I really am. So we get home. We're just so excited. Like, I just can't even really explain how excited we truly were. And then about a week later, it was in the middle of the night, I started having some symptoms that made me think that I was miscarrying. This is a little backstory on this. Before I had my first daughter, my oldest one, I had miscarried. And so I knew the symptoms of I was heavily bleeding. Oh, I wow. knew I knew what that meant, that usually that means that you're going to miscarry. And that just to me was so heartbreaking because, like I said, I had never been this excited in my life to find out we had twins and then suddenly to feel like, you know, they were gone. So it was in the middle of the night, so I couldn't go in. I called the on-call doctor and they said, no, just wait till the morning. There's nothing we can really do in the middle of the night. And so I actually remember crying to two of my friends just saying, I just, I can't believe that I'm miscarrying. (laughs) Yeah, it's like it brings back all these emotions full surface that I almost, I don't want to say forgot about. But anyways, so I go into my doctor's appointment in the morning and I was really just expecting for them to say yes, confirm that you are miscarrying because it was just so significant. And the ultrasound tech knew how anxious I was about it. And so she was frantically searching for a heartbeat. So, and Evan and I were just like praying that it was one baby that miscarried and not both of them. So she goes around and she says, we have one heartbeat. And Evan Mm. and I just both like, I made sure to bring him to this appointment, by the way. (laughs) It's like, last time you weren't here, you're coming with me. We were just holding hands. And I said, oh, thank goodness. Like, we still have our baby. Like, I'm so excited. And then she goes over to the next one and says, we have two heartbeats, you guys. Your babies are okay. And we just were like overjoyed about that. And then she says, um... There's a third heartbeat. You guys have three babies. You're having triplets. Oh (laughs) my gosh. Oh my gosh. Talk about going from high to finding out twins to loathing. We were losing them both and then finding out that we had three babies. It was was just a real whirlwind of a, a couple of weeks, but we were so grateful that they were okay and that you know, we had, we had triplets. We were so excited. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is such an incredible story. I am so happy to know that like, obviously that the babies are okay, but how wild, because it is so rare for triplets. And I know that, you know, sometimes this does happen. I mean, it's not as rare as it once was because of IVF and whatnot, but I know that we were chatting and you said this was a hundred percent normal that you weren't doing IVF or anything like that. Right. Yeah. So this was definitely spontaneous. I've never taken any fertility medications. I've never seen a fertility specialist. This was just, you know, like I said, spontaneous happenings. (laughs) Wow. And so I know that, again, we were talking, but so two are identical and one is fraternal. Is that right? Yes. So our two boys, they actually shared a placenta 
And they had actually their own like little sack, which was good because that made it like a little bit less worrisome because if they share a sack, that's extra risky. But they didn't have their own placenta. So that was one thing that we were worried about the whole time. So yeah, two boys that are identical and then our little princess on her own. <laughs> oh, she just had to, she's like, wait for me, guys, I'm coming too. <laughs> yeah, don't be without me. <laughs> that is so sweet. And so how old are your babies now? They're 14 months now, just over a year. And oh, it's so fun. Oh my goodness. I can't imagine what the last year of your life has been like. Oh my goodness. goodness. (laughs) It's for sure been the hardest, best year of my life. Like I can't like fully even like express how hard it's been, but also so good. I don't know. It's just, it's been one, it's been a year. Yeah, I'm sure. I guess like just as a mom myself, I'm like, did you have help? Like who helped you with all these babies? I can't imagine. I have one and I need help. Like it's so, it's a lot of work. So I can't imagine three. Yeah, that's actually been one of the hard things too, is we're so used to being independent, but we needed to like depend on our people. So like grandmas and aunts and uncles and cousins, like we just kind of had around the clock help. I mean, just here and there, like night times we did it on our own, but we really had to rely on other people to step up and we are so grateful for the support we've had. That's amazing that you have had that. And honestly, they say it takes a village to raise just one. Like I can't imagine even two, but even three, like, I mean, goodness, that's like, I cannot even imagine That's incredible. And I know that recently you opened up about postpartum depression on your Instagram page and you talked about how you were embarrassed about it and it took, you know, a long time for you to be able to open up about it. But then when you finally did, it was really freeing. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that because I feel those words. I'm honestly struggling with it myself, like in the midst of it. And it is hard. I had no idea. I don't know if you know this or not, but I went to school to be a nurse. So I'm a labor delivery nurse. And of course, I've heard about it. I've read about it. I've seen patients diagnosed with it. I never experienced it. And it is so much more life altering and all consuming than I ever could have imagined. Like I usually think that I can like fight through things and I'm strong and I'm independent woman and I can get through anything. And I'm definitely struggling myself. So I would love to hear more about, I don't know, your whole story and your journey with postpartum depression. Yeah. And I appreciate you opening up about it and helping spread awareness. You and other big accounts were some that kind of helped me to feel comfortable and kind of helped break the stigma on it being a negative thing. So thank you for opening up yourself. But like you said, it's all consuming. My mind was constantly circulating with other things than, you know, being busy with the triplets is enough. Like I was up all night long, like me and my husband were literally up all night long. We were exhausted. We had our two older girls to take care of. And It just was busy and stressful enough, but then to add on my anxiety that was so strong, like I just would constantly have other thoughts circulating my brain that made me, you know, not be able to focus as much on the little moments that, you know, were right there in front of me. So that was really hard. And one thing that's like interesting to me is through my postpartum anxiety and depression, I really didn't ever feel like sad. I didn't have those sadness feelings like I know a lot of people do. And so to me, I didn't even think that I had postpartum depression because I was still happy. But I kind of have learned and realized that that's not always the symptom that's associated Mm -hmm. with it. Do you know what I mean? A hundred percent. I mean, sometimes postpartum depression, it can show itself in anger. It can show itself 
in a multitude of different emotions. And yeah. uh, can you share a little bit about, just because it sounds like your postpartum depression was different than just feeling sad. What were the symptoms that you were feeling and like what was swirling around in your head? Yeah, of course. So a lot of mine was like disconnect, disconnect to the world around me. Like I just felt like I was so in my head that I could have a conversation with someone and I really couldn't be present because I was focusing on like thinking, is everything okay? Are the babies okay? Am I healthy? Like I was worried about some other health concerns that I was having that I'll share with you in a little bit. So that was circulating my mind. Exhaustion was another symptom that I had. I had some numbness and tingling in my body, lack of interest in things I used to love to do. Like I just really didn't want to go and maybe like hang out with friends or, you know, go to a park date when those are like things that I'm super social person. Why did I not want to do those things? But for some reason, I just, I didn't feel like I was enjoying doing some of the things I used to love. So that was something, but my main symptoms were anxiety symptoms. I don't know. Do you want me to talk about those right now as well? Yeah. Yeah. I would love to hear just because if someone's listening to this and whether or not it's postpartum or not, I mean, depression is depression, but obviously postpartum depression is like, I'm sure like a surge of hormones is definitely, depression is depression. And I feel like whether or not you're postpartum or not, sometimes these can be the same exact symptoms. So I think it's helpful for anybody who's listening if they're having similar symptoms, because it's true, depression or postpartum depression, it doesn't always present itself as just you're sad. Like it's a lot of different feelings. And so I love that you're able to share that, you know, you weren't just like sad all day, you just were disconnected. And then like the anxiety that you were feeling, I would love to hear more about what was going on inside your head. Okay, before we get to that question, I do want to mention a couple of our sponsors. So first being LinenFit. And if you haven't heard of LinenFit, they are a lifesaver for anyone that has a pet peeve for fitted sheets coming off the corners, or if you're playing like rodeo where you're trying to fit one side and trying to pop off the next. So LinenFit has a patented technology that ensures your sheets will fit no matter the mattress depth, even if you have a mattress pad and they offer their snug fit guarantee. So these sheets are guaranteed to fit any mattress height perfectly and comfortably. Not only that, but shopping from them is buying direct. So you're cutting out any big markups from department stores, but they do offer the perfect fit with all of their sheets. And they do have high quality fabrics like flannel, microfiber, satin, cotton. They also offer a luxury collection or luxury options like Egyptian cotton and DuPont cooling technology. So definitely check out linenfit.com. And for you, get these sheets linenfit.com. You can use the code hot marriage and get 20% off your purchase site-wide. Again, that's L-I-N-E-N-F-I-T.com and use the code hot marriage at checkout and you get 20% off your purchase. And while Jamie and I moved into the house in Florida, we were going into an empty home. We knew that there was going to be a lot of cleaning that was going to be needed, but also having the baby that's screaming in the background right now, Hendrix being just a couple months old, we wanted to make sure that we had cleaning solutions that were natural. We found Drops, so D-R-O-P-P-S, which is an eco-friendly cleaning solutions that are really for any need. So sensitive skin, baby laundry, detergent, stain and odor. They have laundry scent boosters. They have booster pods. They are completely safe for sensitive skin 
skin. They are gentle formulas. So washing natural fibers and delicate items is totally okay. So intimates, cashmere, but it also is efficient cleaning for dishes as good as any leading brand, which we found. I encourage you to definitely check out Drops. That's D-R-O-P-P-S. They have over 10,000 five-star reviews. Drops really delivers powerful cleaning from nature with plant and material-based formulas right to your door in low-waste cardboard packaging instead of plastic containers that can end up in the oceans and landfills. You can sign up for auto shipments to save big. You can also pause, skip, or cancel anytime. But if you visit drops.com slash hotmarriage, you can use the code hotmarriage and get 25% off your first order. That's D-R-O-P-P-S dot com backslash hotmarriage. Use the code hot marriage and you get 25% off your first order. And something that Jamie and I have both spoke about in previous episodes of Hot Marriage Cool Parents is native deodorant. So this is a deodorant that doesn't just block odor, it's made better. It actually has ingredients that you can pronounce and that you've heard of, like coconut oil, shea butter. It's also vegan, never tested on animals, but now native has their holiday collection. So this is going to be perfect for stocking stuffers. They're offering holiday scents like sugar cookie and candy canes, which is my favorite that Jamie wears. I don't know anybody that can smell a candy cane and doesn't smile or doesn't think that it's delicious, but maybe that's just me. But Native is absolutely risk-free to try. Every product comes with free shipping within the U.S., and they have a 30-day return and exchanges and over 14,000 five-star reviews. Definitely check out their holiday selection. Give it a try by going to nativedo.com slash HMCP or you can use the promo code HMCP at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's N-A-T-I-V-E-D-E-O dot com slash HMCP, nativedo.com slash HMCP for 20% off your first order. And make sure you order before December 7th to ensure that the products come just in time for Christmas. That's nativedo.com slash HMCP or use the promo code HMCP at checkout. Now back to Crystal and Jamie. Yeah. And like you said, just because I didn't seem sad, I wasn't really sad, but everything was all mind consuming, but I still smiled through it all to where I don't think really anybody knew that I was struggling internally unless I told them because that's kind of who I am. I didn't really want people to know that I was struggling because I was nervous that they might think that I wasn't strong enough to handle it or that I just kind of felt judged, even though I know that that was my own anxieties making me feel that way. And Crystal, was it you that kind of figured it out that something was off or did any of your loved ones kind of recognize it? Oh, yeah, it was definitely me. And then once I like presented it with my husband and doctor, they helped me figure it out. So with the anxiety stuff, I woke up on day three in the hospital because I had a C-section. I was there for four days. So I was day three in the hospital in the middle of the night. I woke up and I couldn't breathe. I physically just felt my chest was so tight. I was short of breath and... I remember paging the nurse and the nurse came in and they were like, well, I don't know. Like they got me a little breathing thing and I worked on that and it didn't go away. And so 
that was my main symptom for the next like three, four months. I was trying to figure out why I couldn't breathe, why it wasn't like I was having anxiety attacks because it wasn't like it was just, oh, once every like week or so. It was just like continually like I couldn't fully get a breath in. I just felt short of breath and then my chest was tight. And so those were some of my symptoms. Like I said, numbness and tingling. And then in the night, I noticed I started grinding my teeth and clenching my jaw, which I later learned were also things that are related to anxiety. But I went through this back and forth with my doctor of finding out what's wrong. Like, why am I feeling short of breath? I had two trips to the ER and they ran CT scans. They ran an echo on my heart. They ran some x-rays. They did an MRI. You know, I really went through all of the tests because I actually physically thought I was dying. I thought that I was either having a heart attack or a stroke or like some blood clots. I could tell my body just did not feel right. That's scary. It was really scary. And I mean, my doctor was great and helped me because he also thought, well, there's the possibility that after a triplet pregnancy, something could go wrong. Do you know what I mean? So they were really great at running all these tests and everything was ruled out. And so, you know, through what they said, is there a possibility that this could be anxiety? And honestly, I just didn't think that it could be because it was so strong. It wasn't just like, you know, I always thought anxiety was just something in your head. And I think a lot of times that is, but I didn't realize it could present itself in real physical symptoms. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And so they'd say, well, could this be anxiety? And I would say, I know that I am anxious. I know I'm experiencing some anxiety, but I'm experiencing this because I have something wrong with me. Something is going on in my body. It doesn't feel right. My body just felt completely foreign. And I think I was just yearning for my body to feel the way that it did, you know, before my pregnancy. Did any of these symptoms present themselves before the C-section? Like, did you have any of these symptoms or is this completely new for your body? A hundred percent new. I never, ever had felt short of breath. Some of the stuff, sometimes I was a worrier or a little bit on the nervous and extra cautious and whatnot. But those were just, you know, little things here and there. Definitely was not to this extent. And I actually remember from my first doctor appointment, when I found out that I was having triplets, my doctor said, if you have any kind of anxiety, it will for sure come on when you have a pregnancy with multiples. And in my mind, I thought, well, thank goodness I don't struggle with anxiety. And (laughs) I know I thought that. And then looking back, I know that I've kind of struggled with it before, but just definitely not to the extent to where I didn't even really recognize that I had that before. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It's a lot of emotions to kind of pull back and remember about because a lot of them I feel like I've almost blocked out a little bit of maybe post-traumatic stress. I can't imagine, like my heart just aches for you right now listening to your story because I can't imagine having that feeling like you're dying and I have had an anxiety attack and it sounds to me like you just had like this one long continuous anxiety attack because for me when I had an anxiety attack, it was literally those symptoms, but it was in the night and I was in Nicaragua. It's a long story, but 
I was just very scared because it's a third world country and we were in a remote area and I was just, I was very young. I was in college and this was for nursing. It was just very scary. So in any case, I never had had an anxiety attack ever in my life. At that point, I would think I was like 20 years old or maybe like 19. I don't know. And the same thing happened. I couldn't breathe. I remember like grabbing my Bible and reading it because I was like, I'm dying. I'm dying. I'm dying. Like, and I had a roommate and she was sound asleep. And I was like, does she not know that, like what's going on? And so I was just really, really quiet. And I remember I tried closing my eyes and telling myself to go to sleep, but then I was like awake, but I couldn't move my arms. And so then I wouldn't let myself sleep because I felt like I was dying. But, you know, all that to say that I didn't have three babies and two older children to take care of. I mean, my heart just like aches for you because I mean, how did you get through it? And do you feel like you're even on the other side? Are you still struggling with it? Because you're only a year out. Yeah, those are some really good questions. And I'm sorry that you've had to experience it as well, because it's definitely scary. That's for sure. About six months. And I think time helps, especially with postpartum, like time is going to help naturally, but also just like kind of learning for me, actually admitting to myself that it was anxiety helped me to get through it. So like every time that I would be having my heart and my breathing and my lungs feel like scary, if I could just talk to my husband and explain my symptoms and then for him to help reassure me that, no, this is anxiety. Nothing's wrong. It's okay. That helps me. So kind of just recognizing it, just having someone to talk to about it that you trusted that helped a ton. Having a really open conversation and communication with my doctor, that was huge for me. He was really great and would let me text him if I had a question or he just was really right there by my side. So that helped a lot. And then really eliminating my triggers. I knew exactly what would put me off and what would stress me out. What were those triggers? So for me, a lot of them were because mine was pretty specific to health anxiety I don't get anxious in like a ton of other situations, but because I thought that, you know, I was having these health conditions, it was very much health related. And so that would be like if I saw the hospital that I delivered at, if I saw pictures of myself in the hospital, if I saw like certain medications or I don't know, it was just really stuff to do with health. I was really fearful that somebody also in my family was going to get sick This is something else I forgot to share earlier, but a lot of my anxiety also presented itself with being obsessive and compulsive about germs. So my doctors really prepped me that you have preemie babies and RSV season is coming up. And if these babies get sick because they have a weakened immune system from being preemie, they're going to be in the hospital and it could be very dangerous. And so I think because I knew that it was so important for me to keep them safe. I became really like obsessed with that to where I was just constant hand-washing and constant sanitizing. And if people came into my house, it was like, did you wash your hands? Okay, but did you wash them for 20 seconds? It got to a point that it was really obsessive and that's not really my natural personality at all, actually. So that was something that I also wanted to (laughs) make sure that people realize that can also be a symptom of anxiety too. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to ask, what stage of your pregnancy did you deliver? Like how far along were you when you delivered? I delivered at 35 weeks and six days. Dang, girl, that's actually pretty darn good (laughs) for for three babies in there. (laughs) Well, I know. I Honestly, the babies rocked it. They made it to their scheduled C-section. And that was another thing that like, 
I think caused me some worry throughout is because I went to doctor's appointments every single week. And, you know, they were always measuring the fluid and they were measuring my cervix to make sure it was strong enough and measuring to make sure that the babies didn't get twin-twin transfusion since they were sharing the placenta. There was just so many possible complications and I knew how high risk it was that little by little, I was just really fearful for them. And then, you know, let's say we can't deliver before this time. If you deliver like too early, then the survival rate goes down or disability rate goes up. So once I finally got to where I felt like the babies were safe, I think that's when I started focusing on myself. And all of a sudden I was like worried for my own help delivering the babies. And then it kind of just took over from there. Now, for any of our listeners that want to have triplets, do you have any advice as far as how to conceive triplets? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, I don't know. I don't think I could ever have planned that out. So I think go talk to your doctor and get on (laughs) fertility I don't have any tips. (laughs) Yeah, no, he's so sarcastic. Forgive my husband. And I truly mean this as not being a sarcastic question, but did you breastfeed the triplets? Yeah, I breastfed until about six months, but I did not breastfeed all of them. I would usually breastfeed one out of the three. And then I had to have two helpers. So my husband would feed one of the babies a bottle of formula. And then whoever was there, like my mother-in-law or my mom would feed the other baby. And then I would just rotate that baby. So each baby got breastfed once, like every three feeds. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that's really smart. Did you think of that? That's a great plan. (laughs) Well, I I initially wanted to do more and I tried to pump so that I could, you know, give more breast milk to the babies. But it kind of came to a point that it was risk versus reward. Like I was already so busy and so stressed and like their feeds because they were preemie took so long, like 45 minutes. And then like to go and pump, I just honestly was not good for my mental health. So we just decided, you know what, like just doing one is fine. And then I stopped at six months, which is a lot earlier than I did with my other girls. But I just, again, it was, we've got to do what's good for us. And we were fine with formula. I mean, I think you deserve a pat on the back for doing it (laughs) at all. Like that's a lot of babies. And even if you just have one baby, breastfeeding can be really challenging and tiresome. Like you deserve a huge pat on the back, you know, (laughs) great job because seriously. And also I think that, I don't know about for you, but I feel like nursing, you know, the hormones are still there. And I remember with Gracie, like after I got done nursing, I love how society and everybody says, oh, nurse your baby and the weight will fall off and you're going to feel so much better and all the bonding. And it's like, I feel like nursing because of the hormones that are required to keep your body, you know, producing the milk. Every time I'm nursing, I feel like I'm an emotional nut. I don't know how to say it. Like, I just feel like, I don't know. I just, and obviously this time it's a lot worse. And also the weight does not just like fall right off. (laughs) Like just because I'm nursing my baby. If anything, I remember with Gracie, like the weight just stayed on and I wasn't about to go on a diet because I am feeding my baby. So, I mean, I don't really care now, but I know a lot of people struggle with that. And I just think that's such a terrible misconception that people assume you nurse your baby and you're going to have all these bonding experiences and the weight will just magically fall off. And I'm like, that is not the real world. <laughs> At least it hasn't been for me. Yeah. I think everyone's body responds so differently to it. And also different pregnancies. I struggled with breastfeeding my first daughter and I did not enjoy it and have that bonding experience. But then with my second daughter, I really did. I loved, loved breastfeeding her. And then with the triplets, I didn't really love that actually either. So I think it's just kind of 
goes back and forth from person to person and also, I guess, just different situations of life or the time yeah. or phase. So, you know, one thing I wanted to ask was for the postpartum depression, did your doctor ever recommend medication for you? And are you open to sharing whether or not you decided to opt for medication? Like what helps you get through the panic attacks and really kind of like just get yourself better? I mean, I know that you mentioned avoiding triggers, but what were some other things that you've done? Yeah, for sure. So I did try some medication and once my doctor recommended it, I was like, okay, this is just going to make me better. Like I'm going to all of a sudden be better. And that really was not the case. I actually had to go through two medications to finally find the third one that worked for me. So that was quite a few month process because you can't just start them and stop them, start them and stop them. Like you have to wean on and that was not helping at all. And then I had to wean off and then wean on and off. So it was kind of a process, but to me, In the end, yes, I found one that works really great for me. I am still on it and I am still working through some of the anxiety and whatnot, but it's not anywhere to where it was. I think time helped, the medication helped, just understanding more. My baby's getting to a little less of a stressful like point, I guess. But yeah, definitely I would highly recommend trying some medication if that's the route you want to go. But also I know that's not for some people. Some people don't want to use medication to help them out and that's okay too. But for me, it definitely is something that makes me feel like myself again. And that's what was hard as I kept yearning to be the old, and I know that sounds bad, but the old crystal. And I feel like I'm finally back. I mean, I'm obviously different. It's changed me like completely, but Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm back to who I was. Yeah, we are so excited and very happy for you, especially because it is a very trying experience. And, you know, speaking from not having triplets, but, you know, just the whole stress of having a child and then bringing another kid in and trying to split time between two kids, and then also having postpartum depression. I can't imagine what the day-to-day is like, but any relief, especially if you find it through medication, is just a huge, huge weight lifted off of your shoulders, I think. Yeah, and I feel like there is a bit of a stigma associated with taking medication, you know, for mental health, whether it be for depression or anxiety, whatever the case may be, which I think is so wrong because if you had a problem with your liver, no one would judge you at all for taking a medication. If you had a problem with your heart, people would think you were crazy if you didn't take the medication, right? But if you have a problem with your brain, brain and you go on an anxiety medication, then all of a sudden there's a stigma associated with it. Like that's not cool. (laughs) Exactly. That's honestly what made it so hard for me to open up and share about it is I just felt like I was going to be judged. This is not to throw my family under the bus, but my family, like I was nervous that they were going to label me, you know, in a negative way, like, oh, well, she's on medication or, you know, like, oh, she can't handle it or she's struggling. I just kind of felt like I could hear like friends and family in my head, which was also probably my anxiety telling me that they were going to do this. But I felt like they were going to judge me for it. And that's what made it extra hard. And that's why I kind of wanted to hide about it. And I don't know, I guess maybe the reason why I feel like I want to share my experience because I just it's not that I felt alone. I just kind of felt embarrassed and that's unfortunate. And I don't want other people to feel that way because it feels so freeing to finally just be open about it because feeling like you're hiding something hurts more than anything else, you know? And and I think you bring up 
a great point is because when you live inside your head and you're alone and you don't share and you don't open up, you can really dream up these scenarios that people are either judging you, thinking about you in a negative way, or saying things behind your back when in reality, most times it's totally not the case. And it's just these things that keep running through your head and running through your head. And it's tough to break that cycle and that mentality when friends and family, I'm sure that they were just really concerned and loving towards you. But when you don't say anything, you don't know that. It's something that I truly believe in. And it is sometimes a chemical imbalance and people should be on medication. You don't necessarily have to, but if you choose to, there are options out there for people. But I think one of the most important parts is to open up to your loved ones, friends and family, and don't really live inside your head because it can be toxic when you're in that space. Yeah. And real fast, I just wanted to add on to that. Like if you do open up, I mean, Doug, you paint a picture like friends and family will be so loving and accepting. And unfortunately, that's not always the case. Well, it's a good way to wean out the people that aren't really in your <laughs> corner. That's exactly what I was going to say is I was going to say, listen, it is a survival tactic to be open and honest about these types of things. You can't hide it because then that anxiety, I feel like if you were hiding it, no wonder why your anxiety was so debilitating. Like it's just so all consuming anyways, but then to try to hide it is even more all consuming. And so I feel like sharing with your family and your friends and seeing who is the most helpful for you. And then unfortunately it's at a point in life where like, it's not selfish for you to kind of remove people who aren't helping you when it comes to your health or whatever. Like if you have to remove toxic people, whether it's family or friends and whether or not they realize it or not, it doesn't matter. Like you're at like a survival mode. So like you just have to remove them and that's okay. You know? Yeah. Thankfully all my family has been really supportive and I haven't had any of those situations, but like you said, yeah, not everyone, if you do have toxic people, if they're not going to understand or if they're going to judge you for something like that, then they're not worth being in your life anyways. So thankfully I've had a good support though with my family. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm so happy to hear that. And honestly, like, I mean, I know you know this now, but you're not alone. Like there are so many people who struggle with this too. And I'm so glad that you felt the courage to be able to share your story because first of all, like everybody kind of handles it a little bit differently. And the fact that you say you were happy, but you were just having these debilitating thoughts, like that might be eye-opening for other people. So thanks for being so open and honest about this. And I'm so glad that you're feeling better and your kiddos, for you guys listening, I mean, you know half the guests I typically just like end up finding on Instagram and following them and then I fall in love with them and then I'm like hey you want to come on the podcast <laughs> so, hey, it was awesome I'm so excited yeah I actually found Crystal her pictures were so cute with her family and so I ended up following her randomly and then I don't even know how we started talking but we started talking and I was like oh she is so sweet and I was like you want to come on the podcast <laughs> but for anybody listening if they want to be able to find you and maybe chat with you or follow you where can they find you yeah yeah, so I um, have been sharing about the babies and family life and then just recently now about the anxiety and postpartum depression and whatnot on my Instagram channel. So it's at the Fairbanks fam. And yeah, it's really fun. I hope you can come along and, you know, be buddies with us. And yeah, I can attest that her like literally every time you post anything, I just smile because it's so darn cute. The little kiddos, <laughs> all of them, even the two older girls are so sweet. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. They are cute. Oh, thank you. So for those of you guys listening, it's at the Fairbanks fam. And I'll also put a link in the show notes. Yeah. So if you're interested in seeing some cute triplet fun, check them out. And 
Crystal, thank you so much for taking the time out. I mean, I know you're busy. So thank you for taking the time out to come on the podcast. Oh, thank you for inviting me on. You guys are awesome. She is so, so great. I really adore her. I feel like you can just tell that she has a, such a good heart, like right from the get-go. I cannot imagine. I mean, our life is hectic with two kids and can't imagine just saying, oh yeah, we're having triplets in nine months. Like that is nutso. The time that we have now, I feel like would just be erased with three more children. You know, something that really like stuck out to me was that she said, that she can't be present in the moment. And I was literally just thinking that myself. And I feel like Hendrix's life is flying by. And I, it gives me anxiety right now even talking about it because I'm like, I just want time to stop. You know, people say that all the time. I've never felt this way before where like, I just want time to stop because everything's just going by so fast. Like Henley's in a big girl bed now. Hendrix is now in a crib. He doesn't fit in his bassinet and he's, he just turned five months old. It's like Henley wasn't in her crib until she was like almost one, to be honest. And the doctor said that was normal and that was fine. But like, man, I just... Actually, I think she was nine months old when she was in her crib. But uh, my heart is just, I don't know. I just, I feel so much of what she's saying. And I don't know. I hope that this conversation was helpful for those of you guys listening. If anyone struggles with any sort of anxiety, depression, postpartum depression, um, it's all consuming. And like I said earlier, if your liver wasn't functioning properly, no one would judge you if you needed help. So I hope that no one judges you if you need help, whether it be therapy or medication or a 30 minute walk every single day because you just need the endorphins. You know, I hope no one judges you when it comes to that. But with that said, we love you guys. Wash your hands, wear masks. And if you want to stay up to date with everything Hot Marriage Cool Parents, you can go to our Instagram page at Hot Marriage Cool Parents or at Jamie and Otis or at Doug Hainer. Stay up to date. Reach out. We love hearing from you. We love your comments. And if you do have some suggestions, be sure to leave a review on the podcast. And we love giving a shout out to our friends for anyone that does leave a five-star review. Doug, you sounded like a freaking... Sometimes you do that. You go in like announcer mode. For anybody that does leave a five-star review, thank you. Yes, that was my announcer voice. <laughs> Anyways, we'll see you guys next week with another amazing podcast. I cannot wait to chat with you guys then. Until then, we love you guys. Have a great week. Bye.